And hello again, everyone. Dave Creighton Jr. live from G-Migs. Valley Junction got a nice crowd tonight. My friend Brett Ridge, co-partner, is live in somewhere in Virginia, it's my understanding. Roanoke, Virginia. Roanoke, Virginia. Are you Uh, touring the great town of Williamsburg for the colonial uh, days? I'm not. Uh, We're just here for a couple days for meetings, and uh, we have some facilities here we have to uh, tour, so that's what we're doing, and and, uh, a couple of things like that. So in and out for business, uh, no pleasure, no pleasure whatsoever. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it just adds to, I think, what we've decided now is over 40 different places where we've originated this show. <laughs> so Put, put, a, pin, uh, put it, a pin in the map. Right. We'll stick one in here. And I, so I, I should not miss another one the rest of the year, of course. I think you've got a possibility of being in Cancun for one I, or two I, of them uh, I, later I think on. That, so. Yes, I believe that's correct, at least one. Uh, so at any rate... Well, not much going on. Great week for uh, Hawkeye basketball, <laughs> men's, men's and women's. <coughs> not and, much going on, right. <laughs> right. And uh, I guess we heard a little stuff from the football program. We'll get to that in a second. But, hey, let's start, let's start with the, uh, the great week by the men's basketball team. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty rare that you get three conference games in a week, and obviously with the Northwestern reschedule, we had to do that. And I was up to the task at home, winning all three of those games against Rutgers, Northwestern, Northwestern easily, and then uh, a great game on Saturday against Illinois. Nice crowd, full house, uh, orange crushed. Boys and girls clubs of Cedar Rapids acknowledged. And uh, at the end of the day, in heaven, there was no beer, and it was it was a great day to be a Hawks. Well, you know, you point out that they won the three games, but let's think about the differences in the way that they did each of these, right? Rutgers, they took themselves a lead towards the end of the first half and really widened it out and never gave it up. Uh, That was one way to do it against a very good team. Northwestern, they were down five uh, to start the second half, right? The Hawks uh, climbed back real quick and and got her tied, played around with Northwestern for about ten minutes, and then, you know, just went on a, a punishing run at the end of the game to pull away and win easily. You mentioned that it wasn't close, and, and it wasn't at the end. And then you had a, just a knockdown, drag-out, slobber-knocker fight, <clears throat> back-and-forth uh, rock fight with Illinois the other day where I think they called 45 fouls of some sort, right? Yeah. And, uh, and they went they went it by two points by making their free throws, uh, making big shots when they needed to, paint Sanford with a big three. <clears throat> and on top of that, getting contributions from different guys along the way. Uh, you know, in the in the uh, Rutgers game, Ulysses had 17. In, in this Illinois game, of course, Tony Perkins, as uh, high. as Brad as Brad Underwood said, he was cooking. Yeah, 32 <laughs> points. Um, so you know, they they did it a number of different ways, which is an encouraging thing when you start to think about how they need to adjust for each of the games down the road as, as they come at them. Well, the, obviously, you got a big adjustment on Thursday. You go from. Uh, a team rough and tumble like Illinois to a team with the national player of the year candidate leader probably right now in uh, in Zach Eady at Purdue and his ginormous body and presence uh, inside. And that's going to be a big task for an undersized front line 
uh, with Iowa, you know, and the other day, I think it was, I'm sure it was the Illinois game where all of a sudden it was like, we can't get a, a defensive rebound. And I looked on the floor yeah. and we didn't have anybody who was bigger than 6'7 out there. And right. certainly no one who weighed much more than 200 pounds. And, you know, teams like Illinois are going to make you pay uh, when you're that, that small. And uh, I was going to have to make sure that, you know, Philip Robracha and Chris Murray stay out of foul trouble to try and or we throw in the human emoji in uh, in Riley. Riley Mulvey. <laughs> Riley Mulvey. Well, and, and Josh, Josh Gundley is back practicing. So I, I would I would not hesitate to say I would agree with you. I think Riley Mulvey, even though I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a super fan right now, I, I think he's going to see some time on, on Thursday night uh, to try to just spell some of those guys in terms of that size. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Purdue's ranked number one for a reason, man. I mean, and, and one of the things that I think jumps out at me about them is, uh, you know, I saw them in person in the Big Ten Championship game last year where I thought they had better personnel overall. But Zach Eady, as good as he was last year, he was not this good. Right, he's he's automatic. He is he is done. They were showing on one of the broadcasts there. I think it was halftime of the Indiana game that they were playing, and he it, it, they it, he goes out before the games and he gets extra shots uh, in, uh, separate from the team, and they're just literally somebody's feeding him the ball and he's just throwing him in. It's almost like a pop a shot game, right? Right. And he's just throwing him in as he moves around the key, and and he's unbelievably accurate but he does a couple hundred shots like that right before a game well you know he's 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 just taking himself to a new level it's uh a megan gustafson sort of uh workout you know where she would do that mike and drill underneath the basket monica shizano does the same thing that's right yeah for the women and it's very very similar i think to to that kind of of practice and, and preparation um, you know, and, and obviously they have to lean on him, uh, not just literally and figuratively, but, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is is that they don't have uh, the number four draft choice in the NBA on their team anymore. They don't have that uh, big power forward who could really move and handle the ball anymore. But they've got four other guys, or probably eight other guys, honestly, who make a really, really nice basketball team. The young freshmen doing great things for Purdue. And, you know, I sound like Johnny Most. I can't remember any of their names. But the point is, is that they reloaded the pe- persons around him and and really have, have uh, built themselves into, as you said, the number one team in the country. And it's a big task. But, you know, let's glow, glow in the fact that Iowa went from seventh place last, last week to third yep, yep, and yep. beat the second place team all three times well um and it, so they're in a what a five-way tie for third place but um the the tiebreaker there of course is that they've beaten all those teams the, the sort of weird part is that their losses are all the teams below them in the standings the groups that's not really part of that that tie but uh those have been road losses for the most part you know and and so that's something to think about but yeah, you know, what a, what a great move by them. And, and so, you know, Purdue comes up. Um, but right after that, you get to go to Minnesota. Theoretically, knock on wood, they'll get a play. Oh, of course, right. Minnesota camp, canceled tonight for COVID. Oh, they so we'll did? See whether, 
Yeah. I thought they, I yeah, thought they canceled because they were horrible. Uh, that was North uh, Northwestern's excuse. Oh wait, no, they were good. Uh, no, yeah, Minnesota. Um, in fact, I, I did first see canceled. Now I think it's postponed. But because um, you can't just give Illinois a free ride uh, victory when you didn't do that for Iowa. But right. um, they're going to postpone that game tonight, and um, so Iowa will get a fresh Minnesota team, although they'll be coming off of being ill uh, at noon on Sunday if they get a play. But that's a good spot, a good comeback spot for Iowa if things don't go well in West Lafayette. You come back, you play the worst team in the in the Big Ten. You you should get did, yourself. Did a you victory, watch? Did you, you watch him play Maryland? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, what I, I mean, stomach of it. I mean, yeah, exactly. It was They're, awful. Yeah. I that's that's as bad a power five basketball team as I have seen in forever. I mean, let me ask you, let me let me ask bad. you this. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, I was certainly happy to see it, but I didn't think Tony Perkins had that in him. Right, the medium range jumper to me was Hilarious. a mystery to a mystery to him all year long. Right, and that was going down the other day like nobody's business. And, uh, you know, everything was going for him. He was 15 for 16 from the free throw line. But I, I, have you, can you remember a streakier player than him? Because when he, he's done, <laughs> I mean, Jones. I can't think of Well, okay, maybe. Um, I don't, <laughs> no, I don't know. You know? Yeah, I don't recall Bill Jones ever going for 30. Um, you know, the, the elite scorers that Iowa has had, that could go and get those kinds of numbers. Uh, it was it was more than once, and it was somewhat regular that you would be able to see that kind of act, action out of them. And so, you know, I no, I he is he is without doubt the most mental. He see he hits the first one or the first two or, or gets a, a defensive play and gets a run out, and all of a sudden his his entire game lifted the other day. Because early on there, I was like, what are you doing? And then uh, against Northwestern, I thought he was playing really bad. They took five shots in a row. And and he made three of them. And they're like, okay, well, Perkins has got something going here. And he's it, really what he's got right now is confidence. And guy playing with confidence, at home especially, he's got, he can take you places and, and he can pick up the slack. And then yet again, the, the sniper, Peyton Sanford with the big three, Saturday, that just onions, just onions. Yeah, he they clearly ran the play for him. He came around, you know, came around the screen. It was just so beautiful to watch the ball movement there, and he knocked that big shot down. It was it was great. Um, I, I think the other thing that you can point to, obviously, is the games that they've lost recently. They shot poorly at the free throw line, and they've been really good the last three games. These last three games at home. Um, it, Obviously, on the road, that might be to the detriment of them trying to win at Purdue. But maybe they can maybe they can figure out a way around that because when they're when they're knocking down their free throws, they're clearly taking more than everybody else does. Well, and you know the other part of this is that they they're going to have to limit offensive rebounds because if you can get Purdue to miss and they play slower than anybody else in the league, if you can get Purdue to miss and you can rebound, which is how Rutgers beat them. They held him to one shot, and Rutgers made just enough um, and played good enough defense at the end, you know, to win, right? Well, 
um, Iowa has got to show us that they can play that kind of defense. And yeah, I, do you, I mean, do you, do you let Edie get 40 and, and guard everybody else and try to keep them under 30? Well, you let Edie get 40 and then you guard everybody else. But you're right. You got The rebounding is going to be the key. So I think you've got a strategy there, yes. But think about that Ohio State game. Ohio State's not very good. And, and we, Iowa just got destroyed in that second half because they couldn't get a rebound and they couldn't, they, they, they couldn't stop anybody inside uh, uh, on the defensive end. So when they play poorly, you can see it coming. And it's, just, it's not a good matchup for Iowa, uh, you know, when, when there's a bunch of big guys. But one big guy surrounded by a bunch of guys who like to shoot, shoot it from outside, that eh, might, might be a different story. It's going to be right. interesting, you know, ES, ESPN2 at 6 o'clock, and uh, uh, that'll be, you know, on national TV again. And, you know, the Hawks are 15-8, and 7-5. Uh, and five. I think certainly a month ago we would, have, we would have loved to have seen that, or, you know, we would have been totally happy with that. Number 33 in the net, number 32 on Kem Palm. So that's firmly a 7 or 8 seed right now. And I saw um, Bracketology today that had him as a 6 well, if you if you play out some of the Ken Palm scenarios, they could go six and two down the stretch with a, another win in the Big Ten, and I think they then feel like they would move up to a six, right? I, 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 so, it, listen, that that EIU loss hurt. Um, yeah, I think long all, time ago. I think, well, and I think already um, the the guys who are doing the brackets can clearly look at that game and say they were missing Connor McCaffrey and certainly missing Keegan Murray. Chris Murray. Um, it wasn't the – Chris Murray. Yeah. Uh, Kenyon, Keegan, Chris. Right. Um, yeah, right. Chris uh, Murray, and they didn't have him. And then, of course, the Wisconsin loss, which is looking like a bad loss now, they still didn't have Chris back. Right? Now, he he um, he had played – or did they have him back? He wasn't back for Wisconsin, was he? I don't think he was. Uh, no, he wasn't. I think Wisconsin's when he got hurt. He got hurt in Duke. He got hurt against Duke. That's right. He got hurt against Duke. And then they lost to Wisconsin. And then they lost to EIU. Right. And he, and well, they but they beat they beat Semo in the middle there. And Iowa State somehow they beat Iowa State without him, and that's just the that's the wild card to me. I can't figure that one out. But they were red hot that night, I guess, and that was the way way it went. But um, I think the bracketologist, uh, you know, and I think the committee is going to have to take a look at the fact that Iowa just was missing uh, one of the top twenty players in the country. You know, and and when they you know, it made a big difference. Well, the fact of the matter is, there's probably very little difference uh, from the top, from five through twelve in the seating in the NCAA basketball tournament. There, there's not going to be a tremendous, huge amount of difference uh, in any of those teams. I mean, really, uh, if you're 51 in Ken Palm and and you're playing somebody who's 18. You know, you could still have a point spread, you know, under five, right? Neutral courts, those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's pretty, pretty darn tight in there. Well, I mean, look at the Big Ten standings. My goodness. There's, what'd you say, four teams tied for third? I think I think there's five. Five teams tied five for teams. third? Yeah. You know, and there's three and, teams tied for eighth or whatever. And and second place is one game up uh, at eight and four. The rest are seven and five. And that one game, that team is Rutgers, right? No, you're right. absolutely right. The Big Ten, the Big Ten is a microcosm of the rest of the country. I was just looking at, you know, I was just flipping through, and Marquette's playing UConn tonight, and 
you know, both those teams have uh, a lot of, they have, they have talent. I've watched them. They good. But I, I just look at the fact that Marquette's ranked 10th in the country and UConn yeah. is 19th and was too. I'm like, no. Okay, well, somebody has to be ranked, right? But at this point in time, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be afraid of playing either one of those schools at all, right? Right. No, I, I mean, I, the only, you, right? You, you, maybe you look at, at, at the top four. That's, you don't want to be on the eight line, but I don't think you're too afraid of being on the six or seven. Right, right, exactly. All right, we'll be back in about uh, six and a half minutes or hopefully two and two with Tom Caker on the line. Dave Craig Jr. live at G-Bags. Hawkeye Huddle, 1700, the champ. Welcome back to the Hawkeye Huddle. Dave, Dave Creighton Jr. here, live at G-Bags. Brett Ridge in Roanoke, Virginia. It's a great day to be a Hawk. And uh, Brett, we've got our friend Tom Caker from Hawkeye Report on the line. Tom, welcome. Welcome aboard. Both you and Brett on the phone. Good. How are you? Oh, wow. I, I can hear him loud and clear. It's awesome. Can you hear me okay? Perfect. Yeah. Good. Hey, uh, Tom, we always save the fun yeah. stuff for you. You know that, right? So let's talk Ryan Ferentz's contract. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you had a meltdown about it. I'm going to guess uh, you had a meltdown. I, I, just save this for Tom. Now, you know, I think, you know, so we'll recap for everybody. Obviously, last week um, when we talked to you, you, we knew there was a press conference coming, and uh, you were pretty solid on the fact we were not going to hear a whole lot in terms of any coaching changes whatsoever, and we did not. That came to fruition. But then this uh, press release yesterday came out explaining that they kind of have Brian on a, on a for lack of a better term, a performance plan. Um First of all, can you go, can you go over what the particulars are of that, and do you think that that's an effective an effective way to address this situation? That's a interesting question. First, we'll go over the the particulars. Um, they have uh, put him on a plan where he has they have to average twenty five points a game. And that includes special teams. That includes defense. So just 25 points a game for Iowa. And, you know, last two years, it's been, what, 23 shifts, and then last year was 17-7. So uh, last two years have not met that, which is why they're doing this, I believe. And also threw in seven wins, and they gave him a haircut of $50,000 based on uh, his $900,000 salary. So that's where we're at. And it, it says in the contract that if he does not meet those, that the contract terminates uh, June 30 of, uh, of next year. So um, that's kind of where we're at. And if it meets them, then they'll go back to his uh, rollover. Uh, it's basically a two-year deal, raises base salary to $925,000, which would have been where he was at uh, just based on the raises that they're naturally getting. So. It's it's different. I'll say that. You know, I well, don't think I, I think it's very unique, and I think we're gonna. I, I you know, last night I was joking on our podcast. We're gonna see somebody start a Twitter account, the Brian Ferentz Point Tracker, and sure enough, that's yeah. already started. <laughs> well, it's three hundred twenty-five points is the number, in order in order yeah. for them to get uh, you know twenty-five points, thirteen games counting a bowl game. Uh, because if Iowa doesn't get to a bowl game, then 
the seven games is out and it, it, irrelevant how many points Iowa scored. Um, there's going to be a faction of the fan base that's essentially going to be rooting against uh, Iowa's defense uh, in an effort. Uh, well, at least they say that today. Um, I suspect come September that won't be the case. But, you know, literally 326 points, whether that's by game 13 or game 8. Um, and if it's game 8 and Iowa's not at least 7-1, and one, uh, you know, then we then we have issues, but the fact is is that as you made it you made this clear, and I tried to I tried to say this in a in a tweet that I made, and that is, had he done what he did last year, he'd have been fired. Had he done what he had done the year before, he'd have been fired. So, Hawk fan, prepare yourself. If we don't get to 326 points, he's going to be fired. This, this sets up um, accountability, really. It, everybody will know what's going on, and there's going to be no ambiguity uh, coming out of this season. It, it, if he doesn't hit those markers, then he's done, and he's out. And, with, um, with, with one exception, and I, I'm going to say this. If Iowa would happen to go 13-0, and uh, winning the Big Ten title, win a game 14-0, and get to the national championship game and lose, and they averaged 22 points a game somehow, there's no way they're firing him. Yeah, I could see that. But I don't, I, you know, I, hey, let's, let's hope that that's a problem that they have, right? Right, right. Yeah, really, really, what this, really what this does, Tom and Brett, this erases, well, I feel like we're making progress. This erases, well, you know, you are, Brian, you're, you're my son. I don't really want to fire you. It, it's, as you say, it is clear, and there, there's going to be a thing on the scoreboard that's going to start September 2nd against Western Michigan at 326, and it's going to count down uh, to the point where if it, if it never gets to zero, then we know we're going to have a new offensive coordinator next year. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I guess my and it is simple. I, I think the criticisms people have are that you know it's a pretty low bar. Twenty-five points is not a lot in today's games, but as Kirk pointed out last week, that's enough for Iowa to win football games, right? They're fifty-five and three when they score that many points, and if they score twenty, if they score, uh, I guess it's if you go twenty-four, they go twenty-five, they don't lose, right? So. That's the that's the goal they put in front of us. He's got to make sure that they get it up to win every game, and or at least are in every game. And I, I think it's an interesting way. I at least I at least applaud the effort to acknowledge that something needs to be done, and there needed to be uh, you know there needs to be some performance plan we can all see. I thought that was good. I, I really I I got to give him credit. Um, Tom. Uh, also on the uh, football front, we're still waiting on the commitment uh, of Nick Jackson. Still yeah. Iowa and Oklahoma, it sounds like. Uh, what, what's the latest there? It, it, I thought I thought I saw he committed the other day, and then I, then he didn't. No, he had, he. The only thing he did the other day was say he was not going back to Virginia, which was pretty much locked up anyway. I, I feel very good about Iowa's chances. He's going to announce his decision tomorrow, so. Um, you know, look for, for something from him on his uh, social media feed 
Uh, but uh, I, I, I tend to feel pretty good about Iowa's chances right now, uh, of, you know, barring some last-minute thing. Of course, remember the Rouse kid, the uh, offensive lineman from Stanford, who ended up picking Nebraska and then suddenly flipped Oklahoma uh, a day afterwards. So you, you kind of worry a little bit about that when Oklahoma's involved, that maybe they come over the top. But I feel good about where Iowa sits right now. So, and, Tom, uh, you know, I saw. Go ahead, Brett. I was just going to. Well, I was going to say the, the talent in this kid can't be understated, right? I saw another list today. He was one of the top 25 linebackers in all of college football this year. I think he was right behind Seth Benson on that top 25 list. Uh, he's he's uh, got pro potential, and he's going to come in and be able to start right away. It would be it would be a huge get. So, anyway, go ahead, David. Was I was I was thinking about. Uh, players tweets just in the last week 10 days where they were announcing i nil deals um that they've got uh, craig and i feel like there was another one or two can you talk about how that how that works tom sure. i mean because i get it but i don't so help us understand so there's um a couple of different groups that have significantly helped out one of them is the some of the agricultural financial group which is um, most people know Bruce Rastetter, former Board of Regents president, and big Iowa booster, uh, and that's his group. And some of those guys have gotten some NIL deals directly from Summit. Uh, they've also gotten some deals. Uh, Dale Howard um, has, uh, in his auto group, has stepped forward. So I'm, I'm guessing that those deals are for um, a vehicle. Uh, so if the guys who mentioned Bill Howard, then they've gotten a, a vehicle from him, um, from that auto group. So that's, that's what those things are doing. And and, um, and those are cool. I mean, that's neat that um, they've been able to get those things put together. Um, so they've got like these, you know, those guys will do some marketing for Summit. Uh, they'll do some marketing for Bill Howard to kind of earn that, what they've, what they've been given. So um yeah, you know, look for more deals like that. I think I think you'll see more of those down the road. It's so well, funny. I, that, I, go I, ahead, Brett. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say I, I think it's uh, I think it's great that they're you know they're locking these deals up and they're announcing them right that the kids right. are able to say I'm you're right, I mean it, this is where I'm getting my money and I'm going to represent this company and I, I like those connections being made rather than just we know if he's getting paid by somebody for something we don't know what it is right but i think that's really neat and it's not something i think i've noticed out of a lot of other schools now maybe it's happening and i just don't know it but i, I really like it tom is that coming from the swarm that directive to announce those nil deals yeah 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 those are going through the uh 501 uh, not the, from the nonprofit. they're going through the business side the, the uh the LLC portion of, of the form. All right, cool. So I'm going to shift gears on you, Tom. Were you in Carver last Thursday to watch the Caitlin Clark experience? <laughs> I, I was not. I was watching at home. Kyle uh, Houston covers women's basketball, so I didn't get to, uh, to go to that game. But, of course, she was – you could just tell right away she was, she was on. And, um, you know, she's – uh, earned National Player of the Week honors this week uh, for her performances last week. A triple-double on Sunday. That masterpiece she put together 
against Maryland. Um, you know, she is just they are playing at a really high level. And um, you know, Kyle Kyle going to go down to Bloomington on Wednesday or on, on for Thursday night's game against uh, Indiana, and that's number two Indiana with one loss against number five Iowa. So, and they're going to play twice here in the next you know month. Yeah, next three uh, weeks or something like that. And that game is sold out. So, um, Iowa faces the Iowa women face the number two team in the country on Thursday night in Indiana, and <laughs> the Iowa men's team will play Purdue, who's number one in the country in West Lafayette, Indiana. So, uh, it's going to be a couple of uh, huge games in the state of Indiana involving uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. That's pretty darn cool. Pretty darn cool. I tell you, yeah. watching her score forty-two on Thursday and just. Listening to the ESPN, Holly Rowe and, and the ESPN announcers, like, they they couldn't get over how good it was. And, of course, those of us been watching watching her play the last three years are like, it's pretty normal, you know. But she's only been Big Ten Player of the Week 17 times. <laughs> Including this week, right? Right. And then and National Player of the Week this week. Yeah, but 17 times, that's. That's unreal, and uh, she got her ninth triple-double then on, on Sunday against Penn State. Uh, and, you know, that's a Penn State team that is not good, uh, good in terms of, you know, their Big Ten record. I think they've only won four, but they have won 13 games. And Iowa went out. At one point, they were up 45 or 50, I think, there in the, in the second half. Well, I guess they ended up winning by uh, 43 or 44. So, I mean, just pounded Penn State. You would have thought there'd be a letdown. Um the other thing that's cool about this uh, is that uh, Monica Sonano, along with uh, Clark, were named to the women's Naismith midseason team today. So that puts Monica in the top ten players in the country as well. And I think that's something David and I were talking about a couple weeks ago. Is she going to get the recognition for what she can do? Because that Maryland game was a perfect example of, of how the, the Clark to Sonano transition game can work. Boy, that, the, the assist machine feeding down low, it was just going like crazy. It was a lot of fun. They're, they play beautiful basketball. Yeah. Well, offensively. <laughs> offensively. Hey, here's, the, here's, the, here's the question for you guys, and I threw this up in one of the columns I wrote, the 61 column the other day, yesterday I guess it was. Which team has the better offense right now? We talk about offense for football, but – is it the, the men's team or the women's team have a better offense going right now? Because the Iowa men scored 93 on a really stingy Rutgers team and then backed that up with 86 against uh, a really pretty good defensive team in Northwestern and then hung 81 on Illinois on Saturday. Well, I, I do know this. The women lead the country in fast break points, and they were showing, I think it was a Penn State game, the number of points they're getting under five seconds into the shot clock. I'm going to go with the women. <laughs> Hey, Tom, thank you so much. We appreciate you. You have a good one. We'll be back on Hawkeye Huddle 1700, the champ. Sports fans is what we have here live at the G-Mix. Valley Junction. I want to thank our other great sponsors of the Hawkeye Huddle. The great Angie Lancaster from REMAX Concepts. My friend Brian Houck, Key Mortgage. AM, PM Plumbing. What do they do, Brett? They do plumbing, that's right. I'm sure you're there somewhere. And uh, they clean the pipe. And, uh, of course. They, they do plumbing, yeah. And Bacon Fest. Oh, bacon. 
we got to make sure we get our VIP uh, idea and get it figured out before uh, March 7th. <laughs> and uh, We've been saying that. We better do it, yeah. We, we best do that. And, and, of course, our Fifth Street Five is brought to us by... Private Wealth Asset Management, uh, branching out all over the country. Boy, they're, they're doing uh, some big things, but they're centralized. Uh, their home office is right there in Valley Junction, and they, uh, of course, want to remind everybody about the great uh, shops and restaurants and all the good things you can do down there in Valley Junction. So we do the Fifth Street Five every week. And uh, this week we're going to do memorable Purdue basketball, Purdue-Iowa basketball games. Um, I think we can scare up five of those uh, uh, fairly quickly. Um, and I think you nailed the one that I would put. Uh, Number five. Uh, actually, I, might, I would put, I might, yeah, I might put that a little higher. I, but but let, let's just, without putting them in order, you got the, the one that pops into your head right away that uh, you got to be a little older to remember. Yeah, the Jim Bain game, which is, uh, Lute Olson was still the, the head basketball coach at University of Iowa. And Jim Bain made at least three horrible calls down the stretch and burst out of the arena because the game should have gone to overtime, but he managed to figure out how to make it not. And the reason he, he was in such a hurry, he was going to go catch a plane, and he was doing a game later that evening on television. Now, they don't allow referees to do that anymore, thank goodness. Um, so, nevertheless, and that was as mad as I ever saw Lute. Uh, was chasing well, after after Jim Bain after that game. Well, and if you remember, so he called the foul on Kevin Boyle, who was uh, not no, was nowhere near the play, and uh, so that was another another issue he had with it. Right. And it was a it was a it was a touch foul. You remember the name of the guy that made the free throw? No. I've got it. It's Dan Dan Palambizio. There you go. I don't know why, but that name, that name Bob Hogue's name, uh, I can hear him still saying it. Okay, that's number five, or that's uh, that's certainly in there. Um, I I I, had, I thought I had a pretty good uh, memorable one from just a few years ago. Here, they went on the road. It was a couple days after the Iowa uh, Rose Bowl loss to Stanford, and I was still out in California. It was the we next were, day. Uh, okay, that and um, we were paying attention. They got down eighteen. That would have been like uh, Woodbury and Gazelle and those guys, right? It was 2016. Okay. And they got down 18 in the first half and somehow shot their way out of it to come back and win by double digits up in West Lafayette against I, I, what I recall was a, a, a top 10 ranked Purdue team. And, and, you know, it just doesn't happen very often that you win at Purdue, let alone when you get that far behind. So well, I'm going to put that one on my list. So, so you were listening on the radio in California. The boys and I were in the Bellagio, and they were not <clears throat> of 21, so we had to sit on, or <laughs> we had to stand on the <laughs> sidewalk. <laughs> had to stand on the yep. sidewalk to watch the TV of that game. Um, yep. That was that was as far as they they couldn't be on the carpet. They had to be on the sidewalk to watch the game. So that that was what was memorable from my end on that one. Um, of course, winning the Big Ten tournament last year. Uh, is was easily remember, memorable for me, but it was it was great because that was the first time Fran had actually done that, uh, and that was just an amazing run that co- cul- culminated obviously in Iowa getting a number three seed. Or excuse me, all right, three. We were That's five. Uh, we yeah, were a five seed last yeah. year. Yeah, 
Anyway, five Yeah, five, five, twelve. But anyway, that was that was uh, a memorable one that I had. You had. Uh, well, and the other one for me is uh, is really the one that always comes to mind is Dr. Tom. First team went down there. Uh, both teams were undefeated, middle of the year, and Iowa went in and beat Purdue on their home floor just a few days before they beat Indiana and Bobby Knight, who won the national championship that year. And uh, they were just, I believe it was a big Monday game back when they had big Monday, and he went in there, and Ed Horton and those guys uh, finished off Purdue there and, and literally grabbed the number one ranking away from them. Uh, they were ranked number one, and we grabbed it away from them the next week. So that was a huge, huge victory and, and a, a big win over Purdue. There have been many over the years, but those stick out for us right. for our Fifth Street Five. Excellent. Uh, I, you know, you know, I, before before we leave uh, women's basketball, I want you know I want I wanted to ask you this. Um, so their number, they're, they're nineteen and four, eleven to one, number five in the AP, number eight in the net. Their bracketology for the women right now is still solidly at a two. But they're getting into into number one territory, and you probably shouldn't say that before you go play a, a number two Indiana. But it's true, right? But I but but I think you said something the other day about how nobody can be there's nobody they need to be afraid of anymore, and I think there's a big difference between uh, um, the team that lost a couple of non-conference games to UConn, who's number three by the way, and right. to uh, North Carolina State, you know. But And I think that's the emergence of Hannah Stolke, right? She's a freshman from Cedar Rapids, and she allows them. She's another big, she, but she's very fast. She allows them run, to run the court differently. She allows Monica Sinano to sit down if, if she needs to. They can post her up and have two post players at once. And they weren't getting that out of her early in the year. She was just new, right? She's, and right now they're getting that out of her. She's dangerous. Ridgie, she's up to <clears throat> averaging nine, almost ten points a game. Uh, not to mention the rebounds and, as you mentioned, the uh, allotment of time that um, that she is being able to give Monica off, if you will, in a, in a respite. That's a, that's a huge deal because, you know, Iowa can get skinny and they play fast. And so, you know, you're getting contributions uh, like that. You're getting contributions from uh, – Gabby and the other girl who plays point guard. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. She's got long hair. Molly Davis. Yeah, thank you, Molly. Molly hit a big shot the other night um, against Maryland. And, you know, it's just they're a fun team to watch. And Lisa's – I just love the fact they get out and go. I mean, how many baskets can they get under five seconds of the shot clock? I mean, just runouts. It's crazy. I mean, you know. Gosh, if the Iowa, if the men's team could figure out a way to run like that, that'd be incredible. We'd be averaging 110. Yeah, they get out and go too, but not like that. They are. She certainly does have them uh, uh, programmed and positioned to get people open, on, uh, you know, on fast breaks, and it's just, it's just nuts. Hey, uh, real quick, the wrestlers uh, won their only meet for the week uh, up at uh, in Minneapolis, 18 to 12, or sorry, 18 to 13 over Minnesota. Uh, they got out to an 18-point lead, but then they wrestled three true freshmen out of the last four weights. Jacob Warner did get upset in there, so that was not good, but the three true freshmen were the ones that gave up most of the points in there. Spencer Lee only with a regular decision. I think that might be, is that the first time this year? Second. Second. Second, second time this year, he's, uh, it wasn't a tech fall. 
or a, a pin. But uh, Jacob Warner is falling back into the rut of not wrestling aggressively and not doing what he did in the NCAA tournament last year where he, where he got to the finals. And I don't know what it is. <clears throat> if he's hurt, if he's hurt, if right. he's tired, right. or, or what it is. But there's something there that is that just doesn't feel right about the way he's been wrestling. Um, obviously, as we head towards, you know, the big meet with Okie State, and more importantly, as the Big Ten tournament comes up, we want to have all our guns blazing. We want to have all our guns healthy. And we want our guys wrestling in an aggressive manner that you can depend on to get bonus points and those kinds of things, not just squeaking out three to two wins because you got the last escape. I mean, that just that drives me crazy watching him wrestle like that. Yeah, it, it's it's not it's it's it just doesn't seem to be uh, brands like wrestling, right? It doesn't seem to be what what the coaches. But no, it's knows, not. But it doesn't. Well, they got uh, they got Michigan um, in Carver on Friday. That's at ATM on VTN. And then you mentioned the Okie State uh, meet coming up the following Friday, and then you head off to the Big Ten. So things right. wrapping up for them right now at thirteen and one, and it'd be hard they, right now. You're hard pressed to see them losing uh, a meet. Well, Michigan, but it, but Michigan's going to be a tough. Yeah, Michigan's going to be a tough meet. They, they I, what are they ranked? Are they like? I'm going to say they're know, fifth or, or sixth. Okay. Yeah, maybe something yeah, like maybe, that. Maybe, maybe. Uh, baseball, February 17th. We're a week away from the from the kickoff of baseball. I, I can't remember if it was Baseball America. Or there, there was another uh, top 25 sighting for the baseball team. So starting to get excited about that. We'll have a lot more to talk about that uh, as we uh, uh, start to round out the year. Uh, but let's go ahead and, and uh, give our predictions for the, what's coming up this weekend. There's so much uh, for us to try to do in the last call here. Yeah, well, my last call is, is I believe that we're going to struggle on Thursday. I just don't think we have enough guns to play the right amount of defense at Purdue. Tough environment, not a place that Iowa traditionally has great success. Um, I, so I've got that down as an L. But if we get the opportunity, never bet against the Hawks on Super Bowl Sunday. Always true. get a – always true. get a – you always get a detailed prospectus for venture capital <laughs> and uh, take the Eagles and take the Eagles. All right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll, I'll go you one better here. My last call will be that I, I think the Iowa women get a sweep. I think nice. they're on a roll. They go into, they go into Indiana tomorrow night and um, they are, I think that they're, they're in a position. To, they're just so tough. Now, granted, Going to be a big crowd, but I don't. I, I don't think that'll that'll uh, hurt them. Uh, I think they'll get the sweep this week. Um, and then you know, I, uh, what about the Super Bowl? I, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to have to say uh, I agree with you. I think the Eagles. Uh, uh, the Eagles are pre- they're pretty tough all the way around. And uh, no matter how good uh, Patrick Mahomes is, I think uh, eventually um, pure talent at every position including that incredible offensive line and defensive line, that'll, that'll win it for them. So I'll go with the Eagles, too, on my last call. There you go. All right. Well, we want to thank everyone. Uh, appreciate Steve back there in the uh, in the booth getting both you and Tom on the horn at the same time. And, uh, of course, everyone here at G-MIGS. We'll be back next week live from the Hawk Hole. Is, uh, it's, right. it's Valentine's Day, so they'll have a Valentine special down here at G-MIGS. 
and but we'll be in the hawk hole next tuesday night six o'clock 101.3 and 1700 the champ dave crane jr and brett ridge this is the hawkeye huddle